Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fitbucks Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Ranke. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome, welcome, welcome. Feel free to ask your questions in the comment box. Again, if you're on the podcast, be sure to subscribe. We're going to be talking about a financial tip today. Uh, this is a big one, one of the most important things for your stock growth, for your portfolio growth, for everything that you're doing with your money in terms of investment. This is a big one. And we're going to be talking about a myth today. Okay, This myth is invest early and invest often because of compounding interest. Okay, It should not be compounding interest. It should be what you're focused on, compounding growth. Okay, Compounding growth. And I'm going to explain what that means, Okay, why this is so important. First of all, compounding interest is a myth primarily in two different factions of our life. One is student loans versus investing or paying off debt versus investing is what I should say. And the second one is you should invest in the stock market early and often because of compounding interest. Now that first one, uh, paying off debt versus investing, where people say you should invest early and often because of compounding debt, I'm not going to touch too much on that today. All I will say is this, when you have debt, your interest is compounding for your lender, not you. That's a bad thing. Okay, it's good for them, bad for you. Okay, the reason why I'm not going to go too deep into that topic is because we have an entire podcast on how the, the steps to decide what you should do in terms of paying off debt versus investing. So I'll be sure to put that in the links, in the show notes, and on YouTube, and so on and so forth. Okay, what we're going to be really talking about today is compounding interest for stocks. Why is that such a huge myth? And why is it so important for you to understand why that is? And why it's not compounding interest? It's compounding growth, okay? What do I mean by this? You ever had that, hear somebody maybe go to a financial advisor or financial planner and they say, you know, so-and-so, you should invest in the stock market really and often. You say, why? And they say, well, because of compounding interest. First and foremost, you should probably not even talk to that person anymore about your money. They don't have a clue what they're talking about. Why is that? Stocks don't pay interest. Okay, think about that for a minute. Somebody tells you you should invest in the stock market because of compounding interest. Stocks don't pay interest. How can that be? Right? What do they pay? They pay dividends. Why is this such an important distinction? Okay, that you have to make. When you are investing, a lot of these people, they'll quote these studies. The average stock market return does 5 to 7% per year. That's why you should invest in it. If you know you talk to a new grad coming out of school four or five years ago that just started investment, investments in the stock market, you should invest in the stock market because during that time period since I've been out, they've done 10 to 15%, which is mind-boggling. For those of you guys listening to my podcast, I'm, I'm like laughing about that because reality is, is over time, it's going to be a 5 to 7% return over time. I'm talking about 20, 25, 30 years. That's what you can expect. Now, 
Why is this topic so important? I'm going to go on the upper end of that range. Let's say 7%. Okay, that's what you're going to make in, in your returns on your stocks. Okay. For the casual reader that just blows through those, and I'm even I'm not talking about like you as a consumer. I'm even talking about like financial advisors or financial planners that just read the highlights, like the summary, like the two little three words of a report, or they work for a company that's training them. And they just tell people, hey, this is what the market does, and they just believe the person telling them that, okay? Because that person didn't really dive into the reports and actually see what they said. If you actually dive into the reports, let's just say it says it's going to return seven percent. They don't tell you that in all these reports, between fifty to seven of the returns are from dividend reinvestment okay that is that when a stock pays dividends you take it and you reinvest it why is that so important to understand that it's not compounding interest it's compounding dividends in this case reason is not all stocks are equal not all stocks pay dividends and if you listen to a lot of advisors and financial planners, they might say, you're a new grad, you're young, you got a lot of time on your side. Let's go into higher risk stocks. Let's go into things like emerging markets and extremely small cap stocks here in the United States. Maybe even some frontier markets. Why is that an issue? They either pay no dividends, or they pay very, very little dividends. So the only way you can actually make money on them is to time them correctly and sell them at a high and buy them at a low. Anybody knows trying to time stocks is one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. In the long run, you will lose. So with all this being said, they pay dividends. Who pays dividends? Simple S&P 500 index funds. Even mid-cap funds, which I love mid-cap funds. They don't pay the highest dividends. They pay some dividends. And from a risk return perspective, for those of you that listen to our podcast, you hear me talk about risk return all the time, mid-cap stocks are awesome. But large-cap stocks typically pay dividends because they're the least risky one of my some of my favorites some of these different index funds they call them two different names most of the time dividend aristocrats or dividend achievers okay so if you look at those funds they're very hard to find you can find them or etfs or whatever they are but that's what they're called and what these companies are are, are bigger companies that have a history of paying dividends over like 20 30 40 years they can you know they're going to consistently pay dividends and they're going to have steady growth in their stock prices that's where you get your 5 to 7% return over time without taking a huge amount of risk. That's why it's so important. It's so that way you know where to put your money at in these things. And now I'm not talking about like your brokerage accounts where you're just doing side investments. I'm talking about like your 401ks and your IRAs. That's where it should be investing and taking advantage of the tax law because those dividends, because they're in your 401ks and your IRAs, aren't taxed while they grow. So you get to reinvest all of it. Give me an example of how this works. You know, my, my, my wife came to me the other day, and uh, for those of you guys that, that don't know, uh, my wife and I, we moved, and, and the company, we all moved from California to Texas last year. And so her old 401k, she hasn't been contributing to, okay? So we rolled it over into an IRA, and she, you know, finally pulled it up. It's the first time she pulled it up in a year. She was like, oh, the stock market's doing really good. And I was like, actually, it's, it's not doing that great. Like, you know, stock market in March tanked, all that type of stuff. And she's like, yeah, but the, the 401k, the IRA is, is actually growing. And I'm like, well, well, it's growing for two reasons. One, the market tanked, and then it, it, it's come back up for some reason. Can't explain why, but it has come back up. 
But one of the big things is she's not contributing that anymore. That's why she was so confused. She's like, how's this going up if, if I'm not contributing to it? And my company's not contributing because I have a new one, because I have a new job. The way I set up her portfolio, knowing these statistics, is every month in dividends, and she also has some fixed income. Fixed income are things that are like bonds and, and whatnot. Those pay interest. Stocks pay dividends, okay? Combined, between in, the interest and dividends, she's getting about $600 a month. That $600, she doesn't even have to contribute. It's just coming in from the investments, and it's being reinvested every month. So like when the market tanked, she was already investing automatically as it was tanking. And now that it's going back up, <clears throat> those investments are, are growing. That's how you take advantage of knowledge and wisdom with this stuff. And not just blindly listening to somebody saying, you invest in stocks because of compounding interest. No, because that same person is probably going to tell you, you're young. You should go into these risky investments that don't pay dividends. Well, now you know, in my 401k, in my IRAs, it's probably a good idea. I'm just looking to have that as a stable growth to be putting it in stuff that pay dividends so I can reinvest it and some interest stuff so I can reinvest that interest too, the bond interest, okay? That's why it's so important to understand these things. You never know. This might be important to understand too. In the future, interest rates might be like 8%, 9%. So just put your money in bonds. Screw the stock market. The growth isn't going to really be there. Why take the risk? You never know. But now you can understand these things. Okay. So again, I said this saying at the beginning of the podcast. It's not invest early because of compounding interest. What you should be focused on is compounding growth. And here's one secret. It's not investing early because of compounding growth. It's just your focus should be on compounding growth. Why? Because let's just say you do have student loans. Let's just say you have $50,000 in student loans at 6%. You're paying 6% to somebody else. That's compounding growth for them. The faster you get rid of that debt, the faster you can then start investing in your own compounding growth. Okay? Again, if you want more on that, pay off student loans versus investments, go look at that podcast. I'll explain the whole thing there. But that's why it's like your focus should be on compounding growth. A lot of you guys that have taken our course, you've heard me talk about net wealth, compounding net wealth. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. That's why these things are so important to understand. What does it actually pay? Dividends, not interest. Compound the dividends. Get that ish growing, right? That's why it also works where you're taking money out of your paycheck every, every two weeks and automatically investing it. It's the same concept. But instead of having the money come out of your paycheck, the money's coming from your stocks because they're paying dividends and that's being reinvested. That's the concept. That's the podcast today, the shorter one, very important topic. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you guys soon.